Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Exposure Podcast. On this podcast, you'll hear from Trevor Oldham, the founder of Podcasting You and host of the Real Estate Investing Exposure Podcast. Trevor has been running Podcasting You, a podcasting booking agency that helps real estate investors guest on podcasts. And after working with hundreds of real estate clients, he shares tips and tricks along with insights from his guests for how to start investing in real estate, grow your real estate business, and how to build credibility and become a go-to expert. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Exposure Podcast. And today on the show, we have Craig Kerlop. He is a real estate agent and investor based out of Denver, Colorado. Craig is also the author of the House Hacking Strategy book, which teaches the tricks that savvy investors have been using in the real estate industry to save thousands of dollars in monthly expenses as you build your financial independence. Starting off with $90,000 in student loan debt and a net worth of negative 30K, Craig has worked his way up to become financially free in a little over two and a half years. Craig, super excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks so much, Trevor, for having me on. It's been a, been a pleasure to be here. And Craig, for our audience out there that just hearing your name for the first time, which would be a little outrageous to me, seeing as big as you are, you know, working with Bigger Pockets and your house hacking book. But for those in our audience who still have never heard of you, do you mind just giving them a little bit of your background into real estate? Yeah, for sure. So I think like a lot of people probably listening to the show, uh, I got motivated to start thinking about passive income because of a job that I really hated. Uh, I was working at like a venture capitalist type company out in Silicon Valley, uh, California. And I, I started being in Silicon Valley. I kind of wanted, I thought of passive income as building a business, right? Think up, think up some idea, have someone run it for you. And that absolutely is a type of passive income, but it's not the most guaranteed, right? So I wanted something guaranteed. I wanted something to truly invest in. And that's when I found bigger pockets and I found real estate investing. And I was like, okay, I don't need to be the next Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs. I can just be, I can just be little old Craig and invest in real estate and have some passive income through rentals. Uh, so that was like 2016 when I discovered financial independence. 2017, I ended up moving to Denver, got a job at Bigger Pockets, and uh, that's when I got my first real estate investment. And for that first real estate investment, do you mind walking our audience? You know what that was? Was that a house hack? Was that a multifamily, or were you renting by the room in that scenario? Yeah, that's great. So, so back in 2017, renting by the room wasn't super popular. Really, the only way to house hack was to buy a two, three, or four unit live in one side, rent out the others. Of course, it wasn't the only way, but it was the only like way Bigger Pockets taught it and really the only like well-known way. And so I was looking for a duplex, triplex, or quad. I found a duplex that was just a mile and a half from the Bigger Pockets office in a really good up-and-coming area. I did not know it was up-and-coming in that time, but I got lucky. Um, and so I rented out, I bought it for 385000 I rented out the top unit for seventeen fifty. And the bottom unit I lived in. And so my, my rental payment on that property was about $2,000 a month. So I was not quite covering the mortgage. And so I was really determined to cover that mortgage. So all what I did was I Airbnb'd out my bedroom and I slept in the living room on a futon, like behind a curtain in a cardboard box room divider type thing. And uh, that was kind of how I got started, right? right? Being super frugal and, and just trying to figure out a way to make it work. And how is that experience? Like a lot of times when people hear of house hacking, they do think of, you know, buying a duplex, a three, three or four family. You know, I think when I first heard of your story, renting by the room and especially you Airbnb in that room and, you know, sort of living on a divider on the other half of the, uh, 
it's the house or, or the multifamily. I'd love for you just to walk through your experience and what that was like, sort of, you know, house hacking by the room versus house hacking, you know, in different units. For sure. Yeah. So, so when I was living behind the curtain in the Airbnb, I would say like doing Airbnb is great, especially if you live there, because most people who are just staying for a couple of days are pretty respectful of your place, pretty respectful of your space. And, um, and if you do get someone that sucks, Hey, they're gone in two or three days, right? Not a big deal. Uh, whereas when you have someone living there full time, right? It's like, okay, they get to settle in. They got to move their furniture in. They're going to be cooking. They're going to be probably not cleaning, but doing a lot of cooking, you know, like staying home all day to watch TV or whatever. Like it kind of like when people are home all day, it kind of stinks, you know? And so that's kind of the differences between Airbnb and long-term. I think you asked me about um, rent by the room in long-term and like kind of having your own space, right? And so uh, in the book, we talk a lot, we talk about the comfort continuum, right? And on one side of the continuum is comfort, the other side is profit and wherever you lie on that, right? And so I always say kind of like having the duplex, triplex or quad is getting a little bit more towards the comfort side because you have your own space, you have your own unit, you really don't have to see your neighbors unless it's in passing outside. Whereas when it's doing rent by the room, it's a lot more profitable, but you're probably going to be sharing, you know, some living spaces like the kitchen, uh, the living room, and maybe some outdoor areas, right? And so if you, you know, most people, again, most people are good and they're going to do their dishes. It's not like they're in college. Most people are more mature now, but, you know, it's an issue that could arise. No, I think that's an excellent example for audience. And and something I think that stood out to me when I was first reading your bio to you going out and, and doing your first house hack a few years later is when you had graduated college with that 90K in student loan debt to getting your first house hack. Would you recommend someone, you know, let's say they're graduating college, let's say in this May of May 2022, would you recommend that they pay down some of their student loans first before going at, doing the house hack? Would you recommend that they do the house hack first and then use that additional income that they're saving to, you know, accelerate the down payment or accelerate the payment on the loan? Just curious to get your philosophy there. Yeah. So I, I suspect, uh, you know, the student loan uh, interest rate is probably going to be somewhere around five, six or 7%. Whereas a house hack, you're going to get returns that are 100% or more, right? So it's really a no-brainer to do a house hack. Uh, I highly recommend doing a house hack first. And really don't pay off your student loans. Um, uh, I mean, unless after you've got a few house hacks, you've got some more income coming in. Maybe when you can get a big chunk of money, you put it towards the student loans. But, you know, I paid my student loans off like almost 90000 in 15 months, right? So a little over a year. And that was largely because I had house hacks. Right. If I, I might still be paying off my student loans if I never house hacked at this point. Right. So, um, you know, it just like house hacking and investing really expedites uh, the amount you can make. And then once you pay off those student loans, obviously it all goes into other investments. I think that's an excellent, another excellent example for audience. And some from you've had this first house hack, how have you been able to grow your portfolio? Do you have a couple of units? Do you have a couple of single family houses that you're renting, you know, out by the room? Do you mind walking our audience a little bit through what your portfolio looks like now? Yeah. So um, I've done five house hacks. Um, so I've got five house hacks here in Denver. I picked up one traditional rental property here in Denver. Uh, so I've got six total properties in Denver. It's about 12 or 13 units here. Um, I've got six single family homes out in North Carolina, and then I've got two plots of land in Florida and we're building on one of them. So, yeah, I think that is fascinating. So for, you know, so you have the traditional, you know, the majority of it being out there in Denver, but now you have these properties out there in North Carolina and then the land out there in Florida. Why, why those markets? And what's that sort of feel like it being a long, you know, being a landlord from, you know, pretty much halfway across the country. 
For sure. So I have property management, so I don't really do much. Um, the property management company takes care of most of this stuff. Um, I picked North Carolina because I had friends out there that were really well networked and they had contractors and property managers and, and all that stuff. And they were investing in that market and it, the, the price point was where I wanted it to be. So it just made sense. There's better cash flow markets out there than I'm in Fayetteville, North Carolina. There are better cash flow markets and there are better appreciation markets for sure. But I went with like, I know people, it's going to be easier, less risky. So I went with that. And so that was why I picked North Carolina. And then Florida, uh, I'm actually building my parents' a retirement home. They are going to like basically help cover the mortgage when it is, but I'm doing all the work and putting all the down payment and stuff down. So um, the the property is going to be mine. And so that's what we're doing in there. We're building them a new building. And then we bought a plot of land right next to theirs. So someday, maybe, maybe we'll build on an Airbnb. It. Maybe we'll just leave it as a bigger yard for them, but we'll see. And then with regards to financing, let's say for the first house hack you do, let's say three and a half percent or five percent down. And then as you've grown your portfolio, have you done have you continued to, you know, go from there and say put twenty percent down or have you sort of created a financing to get those deals done? Yeah, so I've always done um so yeah, the, the house hacks have all been three to five percent down. Um the the stuff in North Carolina was all twenty, twenty-five percent down. The price points are cheaper. Uh, so it ended up being about the same down payment as it would be for a house hack in Denver. And then Florida was actually 10% down because it's a, um, it's like a vacation rental. Yeah. I think that's another, an excellent overview for our audience. And now I want to sort of, you know, flip the script a little bit and go into your real estate agent company. And for someone that's out there that thinks that in order to become an investor, they should become an agent. What would you recommend telling that person? Should they become an agent to also become an investor or should they just become an investor? Just curious to get your opinion on that. You know, it really depends on your goals. Um, I'd say becoming a real estate agent is beneficial because if you can do your own deals, obviously, you know, you're going to get paid a commission at least once a year for yourself. Um, you're going to have, you, get, you, get, you don't have to wait for a realtor to go see a house. You can just go see a house whenever you want. You can write your own offers and negotiate for yourself. So those are some of the pros of, of being a, real, a realtor. But the cons are, you know, if you if your goal is not to be like a real estate agent and to like crush being a real estate agent, then you're kind of wasting your time, right? Just get a real estate agent, hire a professional, just like you'd hire a contractor to do your roof or right something like that, um, or a mechanic to fix your car, right? Have a realtor buy you the houses and you work on just the investment portion. You work on trying to get other deals. You work trying to raise money. You work, whatever it is. So I think you need to figure out what you want in your investment career and, and kind of work backwards from there. What has that been experience been like on your side of building up the five team from yourself to, you know, having, you know, a few agents working with you? Yeah. So it's been incredible. Um, so we've got, uh, we're like pushing on 20 agents now. Um, and really it's most of that growth has just been within the past year. Uh, in 2020, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off um, and it was really stressful. And so I, I said, I have to either create a team or I have to quit. And so I really like the, our mission, which is to help people achieve financial independence through real estate investing. I love our big, hairy, audacious goal, which is to reduce their U.S. retirement age to 55 instead of 65. Uh, and so to do that, you know, we had to start a team. We had to kind of start going, uh, we'll start going nationwide soon. But um, yeah, and so really it's just been getting the systems in place and, and growing that team so that our buyers and our people looking to house hack can, will, will like and trust the agents on our team so, you know, they can be easily helped. 
I think that's perfect, especially trying to re- lower the retirement age about 10 years or so. You know, it's, it's always crazy to me when someone, you know, graduating college, say the average age around 22 is working 43 years. I think being able to even get 10 years of their life back and hopefully if they're smart with their money, get even more years of their life back. But I think that is definitely a, a great goal to have and I, and I wish it could be achieved for everyone. Yeah, same. But perfect. And let's say, you know, you have the house hacks and you have the real, you know, the real, the five team, I should say, with your real estate agents. What are your goals, you know, in the next year? You know, what are you looking at in 2022, you know, to really, you know, can sort of get to that next step? And, you know, do you have any goals that you're looking to achieve? Yeah. So we're really focusing on now and kind of just build, like my main focus right now is building the brand. So I'm, I'm the five guy, if you don't know me on Instagram and on TikTok. And so I really want to grow the Instagram and the TikTok and all that and become a, a really big, uh, you know, become like an influencer, like a true influencer. Um, and from there, I think we'll be able to help and educate more people, you know, to again, to start house hacking and to start investing in real estate and to build that financial independence through real estate investing uh, and so that's kind of like my goals. Um, as for like my goals for the team, it's, you know, we want to at least probably be in one or two different states by the end of 2022. Uh, and then 2023 will hopefully be our, once we figure that out, we'll have our big growth in 2023 where we can kind of just like copy and paste what we did in those other states across the nation. And and for those other states, obviously Colorado, and then there's, you know, a ton around you. Do you have any you know certain areas that you're looking to expand to i have a map just to my right so you know i i can imagine you're maybe not wanting to expand i don't know how big kansas or or nebraska or or wyoming is but is there certain you know territories that you're looking at yeah so we are actually going to be moving to idaho so that's just a natural one that i think we'll probably do uh coeur d'alene idaho which is like the northern panhandle is a beautiful park that not many people know about and i think it's a, a great market for airbnbs and their their regulations are pretty pretty low so um i think since we're moving there it's just natural that we'll probably go there uh then after that you know the you know maybe seattle maybe austin texas maybe uh california la san francisco um atlanta just kind of like more places where house hacking seems to be a little bit more feasible and then let's say that someone is considering they have the opportunity to do you know a house hack or they have an opportunity to buy an airbnb and rent it out. Do you have do you have a preference for one, or does it just more more or less just come down to the financial aspects of it? Um, I I think Airbnb is just kind of a method to house hack, right? Uh, and so, like I, I like Airbnb. You can make some more money, but it's kind of like this, right? You make a lot in the summers and not so much in the winters, and you kind of like you got to be able to deal with that volatility. So. Um, yeah, it all depends. And, you know, it's a little bit more work. You're kind of living and dying by reviews. So there are definitely pros and cons to each. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, what you're looking for. I think that's a, another good explanation. And then as you've been an investor, I, you know, let's say that you're looking back, you know, when you first got started, are there any things that you wish you knew now or wish you knew back then that, you know, now, you know, some of the challenges that you've overcome that you'd be able to share with our audience? Yeah, I would just say, like, listen to other people's advice, because sometimes, you know, I think a common piece of advice in real estate is like, don't, uh, don't compromise on your like standards when you're, uh, when you're screening tenants, but every single time you hear a sob story and you kind of become a softy and then you let them in and then they end up screwing you over. Right. So I would just say like, make sure you just like stick to your criteria. Cause I've, I've been burned a couple of times by, you know, trying to be the nice guy. If I can, I can definitely see that uh, at times, even for my, myself, but Craig, I just want to say, I really enjoyed this interview today. I just had a couple of quick questions I wanted to ask you. 
before we end the show today. Sure. Do you happen to have a favorite real estate investing or business book that you'd recommend for our audience to check out? Uh, other than my own? Yeah, other than uh, your own. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always go back to The Miracle Morning um, by How Elrod. I think that book is the one that, if there's one book to read that's going to change your life and you can actually like, start taking action on it tomorrow, that book is like the foundation of changing your life. So I would say The Miracle Morning. Yeah, I think that's an, an excellent recommendation. And for those listening into the audience, definitely recommend that. And I know Hal, Hal has another book. I It's, it's slipping the name because I think he just came out with The Miracle Equation not too long ago. But this is even before he had The Miracle Morning brand. He had a book come out and it's slipping my name. I can, pic- I can picture it. But for those of you listening, you know, feel free to go on Amazon, type in Hal Elrod, and you'll see his book that came out even before The Miracle Morning. And that one is very good. And and definitely recommend that book as well. But Craig, last question of the day is where can our audience find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. I'm at the Fi Guy. Uh, TikTok is the Fi Guy as well. Uh, and also we've got our own podcast. It's called Invest to Fi. Invest the number two Fi, like financial independence. So yeah, be good stuff. Awesome. I'll make sure to include that in the show notes of today's episode. And Craig, thanks again for hopping on. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Trevor. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Real Estate Investing Exposure Podcast. For full show notes on today's episode, go to podcastingyou.com. That's podcastingyou.com. If you have feedback from today's episode, feel free to email us at trevor at podcastingyou.com. Thanks for listening.